you guys are not big baseball fans, are you? But so, you are. So, and some of you know soccer. One of the kids on astronauts' team kicked the ball. Do you remember that? He had a free kick, Jose. And when he kicked the ball, he kicked it so that it would curve. And and when you're a goalie and somebody does that, it's definitely unexpected. And you ha you have to react instantaneously to that. I'm telling you that there are curveballs coming right now. <laughs> there are curveballs coming. This year is going to be <clears throat> the, the year of the curveball. So uh, let me just say, too, Lisa being here, it, it's just one small example. That was a curveball for me. I mean... What is she, what, I'm, I'm glad she's here. I want her always to be here. I want you to hear that, Lisa. I want you to be here every Sunday. That's the end of that conversation. But I'm just saying, there are curveballs where God's expecting us to react instantaneously. And if you, if you understand baseball, a curveball is one of the hardest balls to hit because of how they're not all the same. Fastballs are fastballs are fastballs. They're going to go this speed. You're going to be, you know, there's no way to throw it. Yeah, there's no way to throw it differently. But a curveball, one pitcher can throw a curveball that will break before it gets to, to where you are, meaning break, meaning go down. Most of them go down. A slider slides away from the batter. A curveball goes, usually curves down away from the hitter. And you, and some of them throw it like the curveball, just right when it gets to you, it, it changes place, position. Some people are that good, they have that much control. So you still got to hit the ball. So as saints, we still have to hit the ball. We still have to be ready to act instantaneously when something is thrown at us. But you have to be, you know, we got to be aware. We got to continue to be aware of where we are and what our position is. So <clears throat> there's lots of things that, that are coming up this year, places we're going to travel, etc. I'm going to say, even if you don't go to those places one more time as an intercessor established in this terio and established in this nation, reaching out to these countries, Brazil and France and whatever else God leads us to do this year, you will also be in the midst of this warfare. It's, I mean, we've been in warfare, we, we get it, but I just think this, this curveball thing is happening and, and God's allowing it, but the enemy is trying to throw us off our game. And he actually, he's trying to stop us in our tracks and he's going to attack in ways that we may or may not even think about. Places you never thought you would be. You think about, first of all, think about the strengths that you have as a saint, as a son. Who, who God called you to be. The, the office that you occupy the most. And remember the things that come against that office. Remember the things that come against those strengths that you have. If you haven't reviewed your chart that we have, remember our seven spirit chart? that talks about each stuff. If you haven't reviewed the scripture in Peter where it talks about what comes against each one of the offices, maybe a quick review because it's coming. Because we're making this stand that's, that's beyond, it's beyond because of where we're at in the spirit. Is her microphone on? 
Okay, go. I, I just want to remind us again, we know this, but just so we remember, when you, when you see a, things in the natural ramping up as well, and I mean, this year everyone says, oh, 2024 is going to really be a doozy, and we've already seen, just in this last week, our entire structure of law shredded against our president, our former president, you know, to where there are absolutely no rights that should have been his rights in that court. Things being suppressed that should never have been suppressed, you know, I could go on, but if you pay attention at all, you know, there's, it was just shredded. There's no semblance of law left in that courtroom. And that's just amongst many other things. But when you see all this stuff ramping up like this and just expanding and just being becoming ridiculous, we've got to remember that was first going on in the spirit realm. And so the enemy is ramping things up in the spirit realm. And so this is warfare, like you said, no matter what, no matter where we go, the warfare is being ramped up. And we, we need to be, like you said, ready, instant in season for that as well. Mm-hmm. And some of us have already been prepared because some of us have already gone through some things that have been not comfortable. I'm going to go look at the person that has had the most uncomfortable time last year. And yet, here you are. Even though in the midst of it, you were saying the right things, right? You were, you were doing everything you can to believe and stay right on the track. But the enemy was still trying to convince you that you were not in the right place. In many ways, not just maybe talking to you, because we're going to talk about a messenger of Satan. They had a message for you that was opposed to what God was saying to you. And it, and it could have been a person a doctor, could have been a friend. It could have been something you were reading. I had to research what I'm, what stuff I'm going through. Let me go look it up online. It could be anything like that. And yeah, voices, right? But you stayed the line. So this message that I'm going to talk to you about, you're, you're ahead of, of us because of that, that situation was horrible let's just say what it is. It was horrible. And in some ways, maybe tormenting because what I'm doing, everything you tell me to do, God, what's going on? I just want this to be over. I just, that's exactly what the enemy wants for us to say. I just want this to be over. I don't want to go through, I don't want to go through anything else like this, you know? And, and that's a big, what big deal. Ours are a little more minor, but they may ramp up. This is, if you're, devoted to the father right now in this year of 2024 and you're obedient to when he speaks to you about what's happening then the enemy is going to target you because why we're getting revelation that we've never seen before that we've never heard before and some of it if you're like me you're like i am not keeping up i am not keeping up kim I'm not keeping up, Gail, but I got to keep, it's just, it's amazing. The things that, that, that the Lord's telling Pastor Ron, that's even amazing him, which to me is also amazing because I thought, you know, he's like, you know, right next to God. So he knows everything. (laughs) No, just kidding. So go ahead. Well, and it, it reminds me too of what he was saying about whenever there's a point of promotion, when God is releasing something like this, Iteo, Mm -hmm. this release of power that comes through us. Uh, applying ourselves in authority and listening, being faithful in the supplication 
and believing and functioning in what's at the right hand. And then he says, hey, here's a pinpoint of something I want you to ask for. And us hearing that and going ahead and doing that, then great rep- great power is released through that. Mm-hmm. There's always, we're going to have to deal with challenges. And of course, his thing he was focusing on was bitterness through murmuring or any number of ways. But yep. But there's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be that point of just, I could say opposition, but it's just a challenge that we have to rise up and meet. Absolutely. And so, yeah, this is this is what we're gonna this is what we're gonna talk about today. So, you know, your strengths are gonna be attacked. That's one that's one thing the Lord was sharing with me. And I think, well, where am I strong at? You know, silly question, but you need to be asking these questions because when something happens and you're like, well, what in the world? What is it that God that God's showing you? What what's being pinpointed? Not and and again, hmm. so the the title is "Grace is the Fuel." That's actually something that Pastor Ron said in his teaching of Ayateo. Is that how you say it? Ayateo. So. Grace is the fuel by which we grow in in purpose, right? We know that the, the it it lifts us up, it moves us forward, but it is the fuel that that moves us there. And as, when when grace comes, so comes the power of God, the dunamis of the Father, specifically in the scripture we're going to talk about. And so um, it's <laughs> it might be one of the greatest commodities that God offers us. And especially in this day and hour, you know, you need the grace, but you need, you need to give everything else up. You have to know that, you know, you think, I I know this is the way it's supposed to be. You know what? God knows the way it's supposed to be. And that's who we need to listen to. And, And everything else just has to, and now how do you make it? Everybody's different, right? Everybody handles things differently. You know, some people have the hardest time with this. So then they have to do stuff like write stuff down and crumple it up and throw it over your shoulder. So now that thought is gone. I don't care. Whatever you do, whatever you do, (laughs) however you make it work, push it over a cliff. Well, we don't have cliffs in Florida. Okay. Anyway, that won't work. Um, Tie a rock and what? Throw it in the ocean. ocean. That works. (gasps) That's a good one, Larry. Okay. Anyway, or in the river, if we can't get to the ocean because we're 45 minutes away but we live in the, Okay, anyway. So, let's look at the first scripture. I'm going to read it through. Now, I have to oh, I have to tell you, I put no one of my notes in here trying to break this thing down into the fivefold. So you'll see that in there. So you can yeah, you can look at that and decide, yay or whatever. I didn't mean to put it in there. So I I, I turn did I do that? I was like, yes, I did. Okay, it's still okay. Um so my grace is unfailing in strength. That's what I put in the, in the title here. But <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn to the, in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. He started and ended with the same phrase. Did you guys notice that? Verse 8. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, and it 
that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, there, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, and the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches, reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So also in verse 10, there's a fivefold in that one as well. So this is Paul speaking, writing to the church in Corinth. This is Paul who has the revelations that he's written down and they got published. <laughs> this is Paul, a mighty man of God, who to get started went through a very, I mean, he went, he went blind. Oh, that's a little traumatic. But how, God was trying to get his attention. The enemy was trying to stop this, this, this man from understanding God's calling in his life. Stop him from doing, right? So you're Paul. You're, you, you went through this thing to start with. Now you're walking with the Lord Jesus. You're, now you are a joint heir. Now he is your brother. Whereas before you were understanding the Lord God, Jehovah. That's your concept. That's how you started out. Now you have a different understanding. Here's this mighty man of God. And, and he's talking about a thorn. I know we've talked about this, what a thorn is and all that. That's, that's not the point. The agitation, the irritation, the annoyance, the challenge from the enemy. Why would, and see, this is part of my good old Catholic upbringing. Why would God allow me to go through this kind of stuff when I'm, I'm doing exactly what he's told me to do. I'm walking where I need to walk. I'm, I'm, speaking what the Lord's asked me to speak, but now I'm going through all this stuff. It wasn't easy stuff. It was like, oh, it's just, it's just this. It's just a stressing time. It's just these. No, it was, it was difficult. It was difficult in a, in a way that, that Paul had to write about it. And a more, and it was more difficult than the difficulties he had before. For him to talk about the stuff as he's walking and getting all of this revelation and not even comparing it to what happened to him when he first started being blind, it had to be difficult. <laughs> I, I don't want difficulties, though. I'm just going to tell you that right now, but it does happen. So when, it, when he says, I should be exalted above measure, that's one of Larry's favorite words, not really, Larry. Hoopo, that's always your favorite word. Hoopo mayonnaise, but not, it's not hoopo mayonnaise. I, I can't pronounce it, but it's hoopo aromae. That's the best I can do there. When I was looking at that, you know, why wouldn't Paul think that this is great, all the stuff I'm, all the stuff that I'm getting on a, on just a personal, natural basis? But I'm not sure that he ever really thought that way. But he must have had some kind of thought because he's writing it down. All right? So I should, unless I should be exalted, uh, unless, I think, go ahead. I, excuse me. I think that does come from his background, though. Mm -hmm. 
if you remember when he persecuted the Christians, he had a zero tolerance for them. And he was continually writing letters to the, the high priest and the priests, getting permission to go and have people arrested and thrown in jail and even executed. I mean, he was... That's because, true. Because he had... This is really talking about you think you are higher than they are in your knowledge and what you know is right. Mm -hmm. He definitely felt that, which is why God had to deal with him in the way he did. And he had this, like, it was almost he a scornful arrogance against against Christians. He was all that in a bag of chips. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that wasn't his background, so he knew what he was capable of, and he knew that he didn't want to go back there, but that was always going to be a, a weak area, possibly. Yeah. Absolutely. Good to study that word, by the way. Uh, I should be exalted above measure. That's actually one word in the Hebrew. It's an interesting yellow brick road when you keep following it back. Just going to say that. So, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. We are in the midst of an abundance of revelation. In the very beginning, when we first started the walk, we had a lot of revelation, and the revelations have kept coming and keep on rolling. But I think now, even more so, because of the things that are happening. So really, you don't look at the world the same today as you did one year ago. You know, you think of last January, January 2022, where were we? What was going on? What was our battles? What was, what was messing with us the most? What was your mentality back in that, those days? What's your mentality now? How is your mental health? And, and I'm not trying to jump on the bandwagon of the world going, mental health, mental health. But you know what? Being a son is, is the body, soul, mind, and our, and our strength, our heart. All of these things... That, that's who we are. If you don't have a good mentality about what's happening and what's going on, then you're not going to be able to sort through those things and put them where they belong. Your discernment might be impaired because your mental capacity is thinking about that when really God's like, no, no, it's, I'm over here. Because, yeah. Go ahead, Vic. Well, and that word abundance is not necessarily a whole lot of, that we just have a whole bunch more. Yeah. You know, oh, it's, it's really speaks no. of the quality mm -hmm. of the superiority of them, of the, um, you know, it, it's the revelations are like beyond what's been known to that point. That's right. It's beyond. And, you know, when we say that, it's even it's beyond beyond what we've already known. Because, you know, a lot of the stuff I'm looking at this, reading these things, oh, we've talked about most of these things. No, well, Lord, where's the, there's got to be something new here. And. There is something new here because there's always new things with the Father. You, you can read the Bible all the way through and then read it again all the way through and then read it again and say, oh, I don't remember reading that. I mean, that's just the way the Lord works. There are things he's going to highlight. Don't ignore it. There's things the Lord's going to talk to you about. Don't ignore it. Keep praying. I have to keep saying, you got to keep praying no matter what. Even if it doesn't feel like there's any strength, I mean, any power behind what you're, when you pray, you still need to do that. It just, it just is. I think, I think most of us have experienced that, where you're like, I, I'm, I'm not going to stop praying, but I don't, I don't feel nothing, I don't see nothing, I don't, I don't hear nothing. Okay, I'll just keep praying. 
It's the situations. Who knows? We're going to keep praying. So she talked about abundance. We talked about revelation. Well, we haven't talked about revelation. Is that the apocalypse? We know that. That hidden stuff that's not hidden anymore. Right? Revelation, we need a lot of that. I like the wisdom and revelation, but when the revelation comes, the wisdom will be applied. That's, yes. Okay, revelations. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Now, this is very specific that this thorn is in the flesh. So lots of people take this literally. I have no problem with that. Take it literally. Whoop, whoop. Let's take it spiritually. Whoop, whoop. The thorn in the flesh. You look at the word thorn, you can follow all the definition, but really it is an annoyance or a, even a disability that can come to your body and your mind. Probably could throw heart in there, but, you know, and it's not a gentle poke, okay? It's like a sharp stick. You poke in your eye. I mean, it's that kind of annoyance, that kind of slowing down, that kind of whatever disability that you have. I say that. We don't have disabilities. But in the spirit realm, maybe we do. Anyway, so I'm going to keep going. So that's what this thorn is. Um, and there's two things about this word. Let me make sure I'm looking at the right way. And when it comes to thorn, when you follow, again, follow that word. Do a study on that word itself. But when you follow the word thorn, it has two things that come up. One thing is about being parched. So obviously... Thirsting, I need more of the Lord. That the, the 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 water that brings life. That is what I need, right? So go. We'll be thirsty. We got to keep going to get that. And what was the other one? Oh, somehow this word, part of this word, goes back to optonomy. So to be able to see something with your eyes wide open. You know, as this, it, it, this is a remarkable sight. It's like Jocelyn with the, the full moon on the beach pictures. You were definitely optonomizing that one. Because <laughs> you, you couldn't take your eyes off of it, right? So when you mix that into this word thorn, you see that it's also trying to stop that vision that God wants to give you of that situation, of the situation that's going on. So the thorn is like, yeah, it's a sharp, pokey thing in the flesh, and ow, that hurts. We've all had stuff like that. Stickers that won't go away. Slid into the cactus when I didn't mean to. Oh, got to pull that out. I mean, it's like that. <laughs> but in the in the supernatural, and you as a son, which we are definitely focusing, focusing on supernatural here, this kind of event, this thorn that's going to come, can, can it's, 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 slow down it. It's meant to slow you down. He wants the microphone. It's meant to slow you down. It's meant to even stop you. It's meant to debilitate you. It's meant to take you off of the assignment that God's given you. Go ahead. Well, you think about his, uh, his past, and you think about how his relationship with the Father contrasted with his past. And so there was a, there was a tremendous view of who he was and what he had done that would be something that would not go away. 
when you think about the vision, uh, trying to stop your vision, mm. is trying to get you to always look at your past and think, you know, uh, you know, I feel so bad. You know, Paul was that kind of a passionate guy where he, when he wrote to the churches, it was out of a, a, a an agape. He was he was passionate for where they were, and to think that that passion at one time was killing people, uh, oh, that yeah. that would be a very difficult um, past to to ignore. Mm -hmm. And of course, the enemy, what does he do? He tries to remind you of your past. He tries to always bring up how awful you were and how undeserving you are, and and you know how could God you know, right. bless the, you. The standard, yeah. With being such a rotten person. Mm -hmm. and, and so that would, that really fits in with this optimi of his outlook. How does he see himself? How does he go forward with that past? Um, and and that constant reminder would keep him humble to saying, you know, I, I, am, <laughs> I am worse than uh, anybody I'm trying to convert right mm -hmm. now. Yeah. And he said that more than once. Yep. I'm the chief among sinners. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm the worst of the worst. And certainly that would be a constant pricking. Mm -hmm. And I was also thinking of when he was confronted by Jesus, he said, don't you find it hard to kick against the prods? Well, this mm -hmm. prod is that sticking, that poking us forward. And so, um, you know, the, the constant, you know, God would remove that because that kept pushing him forward. So... You know, there's that, you know, angle of it. Yeah, and you know, sorry, go ahead, Jay. Well, as Dad was talking, I was also thinking, you know, not just obviously his actions of what he did, but there's always that, you're such a hypocrite. Here you're telling these people, you know, encouraging them to do this, and yet what did you do for how you many years? You killed us for doing this. You know, yeah. so it's, you can see how that would be something that he would have to continually put down and go, yes. Or even the fear that he promoted when he walked into a room, because mm -hmm. there was even the disciples had a hard time accepting who he was, and they were like, "Wait a second, we know you. You know, are you really a sheep in wolf's clothing, or are you, you know, the genuine thing?" And so that, that had he, to be hard. Wolf and wolf and sheep's clothing. Sorry. <laughs> don't, don't, don't Come say it, it honestly. <laughs> But <laughs> a wolves in sheep clothing. Okay. Um, but he really had a lot to overcome, mm -hmm. even amongst his own peers. So even though I meant even amongst those who he called brothers, you know, they had a weary eye on him. As in, you know, wait a second. You know, their their gut reaction was, you know, I, we don't know whether to believe you or not. And, you know, there was, so you, you figure that was something he really, it preceded him. Like you heard his name and you went, huh, who, you know? Right. And just because you had, he was writing to these churches and, and sharing these confidences, you still had strangers that would come up, you know, come into the walk and be like, oh, wait, are you sure this guy is legit? You know, there's always this questioning that I think would probably come behind that mm -hmm. because, Anybody who knew who he was, he was so prominent. He, it wasn't just a, a guy in left field who was doing this. I mean, he was, he, he was given authority. He was riding around. I mean, 
you saw his face, you know, you knew who he was, and he was trouble coming down the street. So there was right here in River City. <laughs> you know, I think that you don't think about that reputation, but mm-hmm. maybe that was part of it that he had a reputation that he always had to not just overcome in the physical, but in his own head, be like, okay, but that's you know, yep. that's not who I am. That's his, and not get upset that people saw him that way. But and not the, grow bitter. Right. And not be bitter that that's how he was personified mm-hmm. until like, yeah. they saw because his heart then was so passionate for what God was wanting to do. Yeah. It was such a contrast to who he had been before that, that, you know, that might have been very hard for some people to mm-hmm. make their brains correlate. Right. So, yeah. So, you know. In past reading this, this this scripture, I think one way, and now you start to look at what God did in Paul's life and the things that he did have to overcome, and and you don't you don't always think about what is he going through, but in this scripture, as we keep going, because I, I mean, we all shortly, you'll see the things that that did come against him that he just laid out in a sim- simple fashion. So, and the second thing, since we were talking about the. Uh, Tanamai, that the part that's part of the thorn, and having our vision affected. To me, though, right as well as all the things we said, our vision is correct. Then we're, we're it's righteous. When it's affected, it's unrighteous. So you can look at the thorn as being something that injects unrighteousness within a person, within your you know, so that you're you're not you're not seeing correctly. You're not seeing as God sees, which. That that just was something that when he said that's like oh wait a minute wait a minute I know that one, so we go on in scripture we talk about the next part where it says um, the thorn in the flesh, and if you you know you look at the flesh in the definition of it, you know it's that you know whatever it says in there the soft substance of the living body which covers the bones but here's the rest of the story, and is permeated with blood permeated with the blood of man or or an animal, whatever, when you look at the flesh. Yeah, the blood, the life that we get from the blood of Jesus, the life, the life that we, I don't even know how to say it, but the that's all part of this. So you got this righteous thing that occurred when Jesus died for us, and we understand how the blood of the Lord, the blood of Jesus affects us, how that works, how God uses it. And when you think you have a thorn in that very covenant that the Lord gave us, trying to stop that covenant, bleed it out, um, you know, make it not be something that continually moves through our body. Wow. Okay. So we go on. We can't let that, you know, obviously. I keep saying we can't let that. Yeah, we can't let that occur. And then the next part. The thorn, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. So the messenger. When you look at the definition of that, and I think, you know, it's a, it's an, a, a fallen angel that has something to say. I'll say it that way. It's like angels, they don't always have something to say, but when they say something, they have something to say. This is someone, uh, a, a demon, fallen angel, that's got a message from Satan. And they're going to always be bringing that message. What is your 
quote, the messenger of Satan that's bothering you right now. There's tons of things that are going on. I can tell you for me, and I'll share some, but you're like, what, what, why is this, why is this going on? Why, Lord, I'm ready to do whatever you want me to do. Show me what's happening. But there's lots of things that we don't share with each other. There's lots of things that we don't tell each other. I mean, Vicki is my bestest friend. You guys know that. Actually, every single one of you are like right up there as a best friend that I know I could call and I could talk to you if I needed to. Now, part of my upbringing is not to share everything that's going on. And then I also have this other part of my life that I've grown up with that I'm a hypochondriac. Did you guys know that? I am, but I'm not anymore. But I, I was, and I still am because there's things that are going on in my life and I'm like, I'm dying. I'm so overdramatic. But, you know, there's something really wrong with you. Well, you know what? I know there's something really wrong with me. <laughs> yeah, that's something that I've understood for a while. But, you know, there's things that, that happen in your brain or you hear a voice telling you something or any of those kinds of things. You're like, you know, that's just true. I mean, sometimes it's just you convincing you of this or that or this or that. But I don't tell you guys everything. I mean, if I ask you guys, and this is a very serious question, so everybody gear up. If I ask you in this room, if you've ever thought about suicide, would every one of you raise your hand? You've never thought about suicide? She's like me, Catholic, can't do that. If you commit suicide, you go to hell. Well, that's a Catholic thing. No? Is Gavin shaking his head up and down or no? Okay. Isn't that amazing? Now, is that ever a message that God's sending to you? <laughs> is that ever something that the Lord is, yep, you should do it, Ned. Well, why do we even listen to it? And yet, sometimes we entertain it longer than we should. I just want to be out of here. I'm just going to let my steering wheel go. These are things that Annette has thought of. Now, super recently, no, but I've definitely thought about it since I've been a son. And I just got to toss it out. No, that's not the prerequisite because, you know, some of you are holier than others. <laughs> How old were you when you thought about it? Did some boy tell you something and you just got, huh? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, well, we're not. <laughs> He's surprised. Okay. Talk later amongst yourselves. <laughs> you know, but those are the kinds of things. That... Oh, okay. <laughs> Is that what you were thinking? Oh, I always thought about running away when I was growing up. I still think about that. <laughs> Even at 60. You know, those are things that we don't, we don't share. Some of it we don't really need to. I understand that because some of it's just totally, it is total garbage. And you need to, if you get to that point of recognizing it, then you're good. But if you keep entertaining thoughts that are garbage, then maybe you do need to call somebody and talk to them. Because we'll tell you who you are. And, and I know some of you are like, well, we're, we're way past that, Annette. Yeah, you are, but here comes a curveball. Okay? So, because you're, you're, we're strong in some of these areas. We know that the Lord has us. We understand that God is who he, say, he says he is. 
who we say he is. And so we we have we have you know we just we just push things over us like walking through the woods. We're gonna have to push the brush aside to keep going. We have no problem with that. But what if that bush is something that hurts? Poison ivy. I don't know. Not everybody's affected by it. Yes. You know, so this is the curveball that God's showing has been showing some stuff to me. Because there's things that I just suffer in silence. How many of you have heard that? How many of you heard your parents tell you to suffer in silence? How many times have you convinced yourself, it just doesn't matter, I'm going to suffer in silence? And it doesn't matter, but it does matter if that perpetuates an unrighteous vision that you're having about what's happening. That's when, reach out. And one of the things that, that you, you were talking about, and I'm not trying to steal thunder, the great cloud of witnesses. There, there really are here. It's not, it's not, it's a great crowd of witnesses and we can feel it and we're going to play music and no, they're, they're there. Are you a son? Are you called by God to walk as a son? Are you a son? The great cloud of witnesses. It's amazing what God has put in place for his sons to do his his work of his kingdom on earth as it's going on in heaven. He's, he's got it all. Something like that. So the messenger, everybody's messenger may be different. And the message that they bring may also be different because we're not all the same for starters. And also what I might be going through, you guys are going through something different and there's still messengers that get sent. I'm not saying the Satan's around us all the time and whispering, I understand that. I'm just saying that when things get challenging, the way he talks, the messengers are going to talk to you. They're going to push that button of your humanity. And you're not going to like it. I think we have um, a secure place in, the, in carrying the glory of the Lord. I mean, it's, it's, there's a hedge about us. There is his... A power that surrounds us. So um, when we meet the demonic angels, when we, the messengers uh, of darkness come, uh, it's not so much that they're invading us because of who we are and what God has assigned us to do. It's because we're moving in to his territory. We are going to be meeting the, the guard. We're going to be meeting the front lines of the enemy who are watching out for us. And so when we come in, when we are moving according to God's purpose, we're going to run into these guys, and they're going to challenge us. And, and you know, this is, this is where our breastplate comes in because it's our, our identity. Um, it, it gives us the passport to move according to, you know, God's directive. And so uh, we have to understand that breastplate of, breastplate of righteousness is is you know, how we invade and withstand these messages. Um, and, and we have the right to be there. And anything they say against us is, you know, <laughs> is going to bounce off that breastplate. Mm -hmm. So did you want to add something? Only that I've been, my sister and I were talking about this the other day, that oftentimes all the enemy has to do is put a thought in there, say one little phrase or whatever, and then our iniquity 
sometimes rises up and grabs onto it, yep. which is kind of what we were talking about with Paul, mm-hmm. the, his past. I mean, it, whatever weak spot. Right. So you said at the beginning that we have a, a certain place with God, a, a, like it's certain, and that there's a hedge of protection. What if he drops that hedge of protection? Like Job. Then what? What if we have a Job experience? Because it's not that God abandoned Job. We know that. But he did allow, he said, go ahead. This is my servant. Job went through a terrible time. Horrible. Oh my gosh. And then his friends didn't help. So never, they were their friends. I mean, we don't want to rehash all of Job because we're not going to have Job experience. Mrs. Job was the thorn in the flesh. <laughs> you know, okay, that's true, because never mind. I don't want to get myself in trouble. Why didn't you kill her too? Um, every, everything happens for a reason, all right? I, I totally get that. You need somebody back there, because when you, you look at what the messenger is about, and, and if God does drop that, that hedge of protection, will you curse him? Or will you end up just cursing the day you were born? I mean, you see, that's our thought process going forward. Go ahead. Well, the curse... Whoops, sorry. That's okay. Please get that close. The cursing can, is not always... It may not always be, oh, God, you're, uh, you've abandoned me. It, it may also just be against what he's doing. Right. That particular situation that you're in. Assignment that you've been given. He would like the microphone again, please. Yeah, there's a lot of things about Job uh, that are are taken care of through our relationship through Jesus and the blood and, and the covering and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within us. And, and so, um, you know, Job did not have the Holy Spirit, you know, as we now have him. Uh, and, and so um, his... Regardless, his relationship with the Father sustained him. And that is where we are. Our relationship with the Father sustains us. Mm-hmm. And, and it's knowing him. Now, obviously, Job knew the Father in some way that was more significant than what his family was sharing and his friends. And so it was in that relationship that kept him strong, not in what was going on around him. Mm-hmm. And, and so he was... He was functioning in in what he knew and h- how he had a relationship with the Father, and and so this has to be the same for us. Yeah, and and we are functioning in how we know the Father and how He knows us, and what He has prepared for us, so that we go forward um, fully armed and fully uh, immune to uh, the enemy's prodding enemy suggestions uh, we meet everything the enemy offers us with um no it's not what god said because that's his challenge did god really say that well, we still have to do it yeah say that in the microphone we still have to do it we do we still have to rise up and, and do it and i it doesn't mean that bad things aren't going to happen to us right it doesn't mean there's not going to be challenges you know, you can look at it like Job or or not. It doesn't it doesn't really matter. It's still that curveball thing you're talking about. Yep. So how are you are you going to react? Are you going to respond? 
Mm-hmm. You know, is it going to come from your identity or from a point of fear? Yep. So when you were going through your difficult time, were you like right there with God every single minute, the whole time it's going on? We're going to interview Gail for just a minute. <laughs> I had uh, a weapon given to me before any of that started, even before I was diagnosed as malignant. Mm-hmm. I, I was on my way to church singing praises as I drove. Three thoughts came to my mind. One, Gail, this is malignant. Two, There's much purpose in this, and people are going to be watching to see how you handle this. And three, you're not going to die of cancer. So I totally surrendered to whatever God's plan was, and it didn't matter what happened. So if I lived, I lived. If I didn't, I didn't. It's like being put in a fiery furnace. That's where I was. (laughs) And that obviously... In the natural, could not have been comfortable at all. But we're glad you're here, Gail. (laughs) We are, we are. Okay. So, we know what buffet means. It means to be hit. To be punched. Okay. Trying to restrain you. Curtail your forward motion. I have the curtail part down here. I didn't write down forward motion. Oh, yeah. The whole the whole thing about wings. Did you see that, too, in the definition of buffet? It's like um, to prune like trees or to prune like the wings so you can't take off. That seems so cruel. See, that's the other thing. There's stuff that's going on, and this is me talking, Meaning, I'm confessing. There's stuff that goes on that I talked to the Lord about and said, that's just, I just hate that. That's just so mean. That just hurts my heart. Those kinds of things. That's the kind of stuff that can take you down the road of bitterness. Because, you know, and it, lots lots of the time it's not related to me. It's related to the people around me. I just think it's so wrong. And, and you know what? It's, it, it might seem so wrong to me in the flesh, but in the spirit, God's doing something and something for me, in me. And I, I need to pay attention and, and make it right. I mean, you probably learned tons of things about yourself you didn't know while you're going through this. It's like, I knew I was that, but wow, okay. So, I mean, it's great. You, it's, it's, it's a great experience, but it's not while you're going through it. And we still have to stay in the alignment that God has put us, in that position he's put us in. You know that cornerstone that we've talked about a while ago? It's got to be, it's got to be, this is where God's positioned me, this is my cornerstone, this is the way I'm facing, this is what's happening. And you just got to keep going. Obviously, can't stop. So, let's see. The purpose of a messenger of Satan is to is to allow you to be taught and allow you to be trained. The purpose of a messenger of Satan is something that's for our good. Purpose of the messenger of Satan 
he wants to stop the purpose of God in and through your life. And the enemy will utilize every spiritual influence as well as any humanity or human whatever within you to start, try to stop you from moving forward. <clears throat> We've gone from understanding who Jesus is as our Lord and Savior to understanding what it means to walk as a son as he is now to this place where we are, we are, we are doing this. And my whole life is based on God. I don't care because it's taken me a while to move some of my pieces over to God's side. Some of them over here and I get them over here. Everything that we do is related to the Lord. And it, and it obviously has to be that way. Is that the air kicking on? Wow. Okay. So if you go on to the next part, because I'm like going super slow. Verse 8, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. So I besought is the word parakaleo. It might depart is the word, is the other thing I really want to focus on for a minute. If you look at the word it that it might depart, the word is aphisteme or aphisteme, because I'm not very good at pronouncing the words. And it means um to go to go away. Vicky, did you look that word up in your episteme? Can you talk in the microphone and tell me the definition? To make standoff, cause to withdraw, mm -hmm. to stand aloof, to depart from anyone, to okay. desert. That's okay. the idea. That's it. Right. So when Paul says this, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. Depart from his systeme? Yeah, I want this, I want this gone from my esteme, from, or even in this situation. Whatever the right, however you want to look at it, place, situation, assignment. Because you can have an esteme and an assignment, I, I do believe. That's a, that's an interesting way that, that that Paul worded it, and he went he went to the Lord, which I believe is curious, and asked that amount of authority to be applied to this situation, not once, not twice, but three times. And you can look at what three is and follow that yellow brick road as well, right? Father, Son, Holy Ghost, three days arrives. Da, 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 da. You can go on and on about that. So, to me, it was like Paul identifying that this was affecting this area. So that's why I wanted to go away, because this is my histeme. Please go away. You know, you follow? So I just thought that was very, also very interesting when he said that. So going away from the histeme that is planted within your heart. That's sort of how I, I wrote it down. Not sort of, that's how I wrote it down, to, to look at it, so... So then we go on to verse 9. Do, do, do. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Oh, we love to say that. We love to say that. I haven't heard very many songs about it, but we love to say that my strength, my weakness, his strength. Yeah, we equate it like that. And, that, and I'm not saying that's wrong. But really, take a look at all that stuff. First of all, you guys know what weakness is. It is asthenia, which is the same as infirmities, 
which is something somewhere else in the scripture, the word infirmities, same word. I think it's used three times in this scripture that's on your page. So it's not something that Paul just said, ah, infirmities, we're moving on. You know, when you look at the definition of the word, it is absolutely feebleness of body and mind, feebleness of body or mind, or both, or all together. Um, it's, it's, you know, it says in the definition, it's a want of strength. I, I want more strength. Those places that you want more strength. You know what? Just go ahead and stand up, Jocelyn, because you look like your back is bothering you. It's okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, never mind. Moving on. So when you think about the infirmities that, that we deal with, you, you, I, you know, turn your paper over and start writing down the infirmities you're dealing with. But don't just talk about your back, because that's what's bothering me. Not, don't talk about, sorry, Kim, your feet. You know, don't just talk about, you know, diabetes or that I, my eyesight's terrible. What's going on in your brain? What's, where, what's going on in your heart? Where's that feebleness that's going on within you? That when this happens, this is your reaction. Instead of when this happens, you're standing on the right hand of God with that reaction. What, what are those infirmities? You know, some of it's past stuff that you need to deal with, right? We've been talking about the bitterness. If you don't deal with things that have happened in the past, whether it's your fault or not, you've got to deal with those things because otherwise... When this happens, your reaction is still going to be that. Father does not desire that. Go. Because it's an area that's not functioning as it should be. Exactly. And that, that's what infirmity is. You have something that's not functioning correctly. And, and we can identify our physical infirmities like just like that. Man, ow, ooh, ah, can't do the same things I used to do. That's what I was saying this morning when I got out of bed and realized I have to do this and this, but I physically don't think I can do it anymore. Yeah, too bad. Build a bridge, get over it. Go ahead. So essentially this should be reading, because strength is dunamis, mm -hmm. it, should, it should read, for my function is made complete with what's lacking in my non-functioning areas. Yes. And, and that's a different way to look at the scripture. And grace is the one, as you said, that fuels that. That's exactly right. Grace fuels that strength that comes when our infirmities have been identified, God can give you the power to move through that. You got to identify them though. Do what? And submit. Right. Cause I mean, I can walk up to you and go, now listen, Vicki, let me talk to you about your infirmities. I'm just going to lay them out for you. That doesn't, doesn't work. Does it Lisa? You sometimes have to figure it out, not figure it out. You some, something's got to hit you. Sometimes we say it's a two by four, but something's got to cause you to move from left to the right. Something's got to cause you to move from unrighteousness to a righteous vision. And any number of things can do that. Some things God just gently kind of spoon feeds us and gets us there, kind of little poke. But there's other things that are, that are, might seem insurmountable beyond you, overwhelming, but God's still in that. And he wants you still to move from the left, the unrighteousness to the right. Let that thorn be there, but it's not going to be the thing that affects my righteous vision. And that, I mean, that's what, that's part of what Paul was saying. I'm not going to give up who I am just because 
This person says so. We had to overcome a lot of that. We still do with our families and our friends, our coworkers that are like, you what? Why are you going to church on a Thursday night? Well, it's just too bad, my business, but hey, you still, not going to stop you from being who you are. And, and that who you are part is the part that's also going to be increasing because of grace. That part of who you are, the, the calling that God's given you, the strengths that you have, and the infirmities that you've identified, the Lord's going to keep maneuvering with grace to raise you up higher and higher and higher. So that by the end of this year, you're going to be Pastor Ron 3.0, probably 7.0, but anyways, like Lily and then Lily. And I don't mean to lift Pastor Ron up anywhere. I'm just saying, be like Monica, be like Mark Burke, whatever. We're going to have that kind of revelation, continuing understanding that's going to continue to be poured out into us. Did I say everything I wanted to say? I think so. I have all the stuff on the back of this page I want to talk about, but I'm not going to get to it. Oh, yeah. Spirit of infirmity is an influence that's designed to inhibit your calling as a son. And, and it's, it's everywhere. Go. I like how he really ends up here because he's, he's like, you know, I don't, I don't, I would rather stand and, and boast to everybody about where I'm not functioning, the areas I'm not functioning in. So, so if in its place, mm-hmm. So that in its place, the function of being formed into a son can be achieved. Yeah. It can be known. Yeah. Yeah. She's talking about the the rest of the story from the scripture where he says, um, yeah, we're going to talk about that too. Um, And he said unto me, that's what God said this unto him. And then he says, most gladly, which is the same word as... um, I take pleasure. Those are both the same word. Um, most gladly thereof will I rather glory in my infirmities. And when he says that glory in my infirmities, he, he means it. He's talking about, hey, I'll tell you what's wrong with me. I'll tell you where I'm not functioning well. I don't, I'd like to do that. I, I might as well do that because that's just this compared to where God's taking me. That's just, just down here. It's like this big. And then what God's doing is that, whoa, I'll, I would, I'll, I'll do that. And that, that was to me for Paul being from his background, you know, being a, like a Sadducees of Sadducees kind of a guy. <clears throat> yeah. And, and so that kind of pride that was there and yeah, he, he's all the way over here going, I'll tell you what's wrong with me. Just, you want to talk about it? Let's sit down and have a chat. And so you think, who's he telling this to? Obviously, the church in Corinth, I got it, but he's telling it to you and me. He's telling it to the people that are saints, those that are totally devoted to him. That's who he's talking to. Those that'll go wherever he says to go and do whatever he asks you to do. Get your hearts lined up. What's going on in the natural means nothing. What's going on in the spirit means everything. And that's what God's been working on all of us, moving us in that place. Uh, that the power of Christ, so it's the dunamis of the anointed son. It's not the dunamis of Jesus. That's, I mean, he's a, he's a Christ too. We are anointed sons. That's what the definition of Christ is. 
may rest upon you. And yeah, talking about that rest. That is so important. I mean, there's just so many things important in the scripture. So Vicki, what did you say about that, about rest? It's something that's abiding in me. It, it's, it's set up a place of habitation. It's like a pitched tent. a tent. Yeah, pitched right. a tent over us. It's, it's just so interesting how I just, I can't say that enough. It's so interesting how God does these things in us. And yeah, if you look at the word may rest, you can see that you follow it back. You see that it talks about tabernacles and it talks about abiding or living in a tent or tabernacle or abiding and living in the rest of the Lord. And I know Pastor Ron's talked about that recently about, no, maybe it was a month ago, about the rest and how important it is. And the rest is also, with Old Testament version, is when you're continually welcoming in the presence of God. Yeah. In the New Testament, it's where you're gathering everything the Father has given you uh, in every capacity, and you're looking ahead you're you're using that to move forward in grace. Right. Let's see. I looked something up there. No, that's not going to work. Okay. There's a scripture. I will find it, and I will. Act, I'm going to send it to all of you on a text message. So when you get it, you'll know it's a scripture about the rest, and it's very. It's a short scripture, but it's really cool. I'll have to find it. It's. In, I think it's in Exodus. But anyways, moving on. Okay. So. I know we're over. Can I just finish this one piece and then we'll be done? The last part in verse 10 where he says, therefore I take pleasure. So that's, <laughs> that's like wrong. How can you take pleasure in, in stuff? That's, that's just, it, it even says sweetly when, it ta- when you look at the word pleasure. In infirmities, which you've talked about. In reproaches, which is... Insolent words. We know people that are insolent, so we understand that. In necessities, which is talking about that that sense that you have that you need something, right? Um, you can look, it's a, it can be a distressing place uh, also, but let me see. Yeah. It's it's just the the thing that you it's just you're you're distressed because you need something. I'm going to say it that way, but you need to look at look at that word. Oh yeah, can be calamities. Yes, and then the next word is in persecutions, which we absolutely understand that so much so uh, being being officially attacked, shall we say, that kind of persecution. And then in the last one, uh, distresses, which is that narrowness that we, that we walk in as a son. Also can mean, mean calamity, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, that word's everywhere. <clears throat> so here's where Paul lets you know all the things that he's been dealing with. He doesn't get specific, but he he tells you, look, these five things are going to be a part of all the stuff I was talking about above. There's going to be, we've talked about, we've talked about the infirmities, but there's going to be reproaches. There's going to be necessities, going to be persecutions. There's going to be distress. 
all of these things. And, and I'm saying that curveball's coming. I'm not me saying. I'm saying the Lord is just showing me, sharing with me the curveball, the, the thing that's coming. is It's going to be something along the line. So a few things. Grace is definitely the remedy, which we read. My grace is sufficient. My grace is all that you need. We do need to remember that. Um, we have to continue to pray. And then we have to know that not only is there a cloud of witnesses around us, but there's a cloud of witnesses. Don't go too long down this road of suffering and silence. Reach out, not just to the Lord, but if you can't get, can't get there from here. And I know we talk about you have to be able to make it on your own. If all y'all went away, I'd be standing here talking to myself and preaching all. I don't know about that. But, you know, we do have to stand. But the good part is we get to stand with a cloud of witness, witnesses and, a, and witnesses here. And that's and the, in Dallas and everywhere else. Don't stop praying. Grace is definitely the fuel that we need to continue walking as a son. I think that's all I wanted to. Well, all I have time for because it's almost six four nine forty. So, Lord, thank you, thank you for your word, and may it continue to grow us in grace. <laughs> Amen.